You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Run like a wild man. I watched you struggle and I watched you wrestle with them angels. From Auburn University, Bo Jackson. Jackson. The first inhabitants of the Bahamas were known as the Taino people. The original inhabitants of the Bahamas were known as the Taino people. The Imperial Arena time is 8.56 p.m. You're listening to the Orange and True Podcast, harbored by the friendly folks at collegeofmagnolia.com. Greetings and salutations, Orange and Truthers, it's me, at Crow 2 on Twitter. You can find me at Crow on Venmo. Uh, joining me, to one side, be the magic of the internet, is Ryan S. Starrett on Twitter. The S stands for, hey, at least we don't have Rick Barnes as our coach, right? Yeah. Uh I know you're always down for a good uh, hate fest in Rick Barnes. So did you see the Tennessee Villanova game at all? I, I didn't see this game. I did see the score. It looked very Rick Barnesian. Although <laughs> it'd be more Rick Barnesian if he was like thought of as better than Villanova or if he had like the best score in the history of the game on his team and like couldn't get him the ball in the last well, two minutes. Had a, a great guard that uh, played at Auburn last year. I think had, like maybe two points. Yeah, but he's not Kevin Durant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kevin Durant plays for Auburn, though. That's true. That is true. Kevin Durant wears Jabari Smith pajamas. All right. See the other side of me. Giving you the full Fort Payne ASMR. A man who knows uh, knows his way around Liga Un. The AU chief. Kyle. Bonjour, Chief. Hola. What are we thankful for today, guys? What are we thankful for? This is the gratitude week. We got a gratitude gobbler coming up on Thursday. Season, baby. Thankful that I'm it's thankful basketball for, season. Thankful Our, for Bruce Pearl. The long national nightmare is over. Bruce, <laughs> it is time Jeremiah for Pearl. Actually, do we know Bruce's middle name? What is what is Bruce? Jeremiah name? was a good guess. I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna look it up while we uh while we talk. Well, Chief took basketball, Ryan. So, what are you left with? Uh, tailgating. That's been fun this year. I mean, got to hang out with friends again. Got to uh, hang out in Baton Rouge for a tailgate. Um, you know, even if the product on the field's not fun, the day's still good. I'm thankful for keeping it Auburn centric too. With uh, for Zacoby McLean, even though the team hasn't been great. He feels like he's going to be one of those guys that goes on to have a, a really good career in the NFL, and you're like, oh, yeah, we wasted him. <laughs> so, But happy that he's a thing and he's on our team. Him and Owen Papo really didn't get the, get the Carlos Dansby, Dontarius Thomas uh, career out of those two that we could have. It was kind of like when we had – two starting cornerbacks for the NFL champion last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A whole lot of nothing with them. Right. Right. 
All right, let's get the let's get football out of the way. We lost. It's, it's Bruce Allen Pearl, by the way. Bam. Whoa, we should uh, Allen. We should. Uh, someone oh, should I write feel a cover song coming on. Yes, there should be a cover song <laughs> called BAP. BAP. Instead of, no, instead of WAP. I hear. I hear what you're saying. I don't do raps. Well, it it doesn't have to be you. It could be oh, one somebody. of our wonderful listeners. There's there's some uh, you know sweaty jokes in there. Gross, Ryan. Lord have mercy. Need a, need a mop in a bucket. <laughs> All right. When, when BAP is on this floor, anyway. One thing we need to mop up is how filthy the football team looked against South Carolina. Boy, that was rotten. Um, I was at, I went and met a friend of mine today uh, at a pub here downtown. And guess what? The Auburn South Carolina game was on TV. I walked in on the SEC network. It was not a fun thing to relive. But as I relived it, I realized, you know what? In the first quarter, 14 nothing. Again, I was like, okay. Felt great. This looks yeah, like the script is uh, the script was fine. Tank Bixby ran for a bunch of yards. The thing's going great. Just keep giving him the ball. What could go wrong? Yeah, what could go wrong indeed? <sighs> Man, Murphy's just, Law. I, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the coaching staff was asking the same question because they made absolutely zero changes at the half. For Do you the think? Great game. Okay, when I as a Cowboys fan. I uh, I oftentimes thought that Jason Garrett did this, and I think I'm getting to, I'm getting close to believing this is a thing that Mike Bobo does. Do you think that they are so committed to quote unquote balance that they will throw a pass when they should definitely run, just because they need to get more passes? But we don't have we haven't thrown a lot in a I long mean, time. I, I, think better, was, throw it. I think it was thirty three passes to thirty two rushes in this game. Or that yeah, that like I, I think that they don't want to get they don't want to get too ahead of their skis here, running the ball too much. So they'll just throw it when running's working. Throwing's not. You should keep running it. They they are so committed to balance that maybe they're just throwing it to throw it for no reason. Just, just do whatever's working until it's not working, and then try something else. Well, and see that's what Gus would do. And I was telling my brother, my brother and I watched this game together, and he was like, we should shoot run and tank every play. I go, well, Gus, the problem is that Gus would 100% have run tank 50 times against South Carolina. We probably would have won. Tank would have gotten hurt or needed oxygen on the sideline. And so there's like, that's the other way, is that complete lack of balance. Oh, this is working? You're going to get this 40 times in a row. But I don't. Yeah, it it sounds. Some of these play calls seems like they were just like, well, we ran it last time, so we better throw it this time, as opposed to just what works I mean, best there's, there's, right now. There's the one play call that we can all say you're complaining about. Right? Yeah, fourth and one. The fourth and one. The twenty yard downfield that is, pass on fourth. That, that is a fireable play call. I don't. I don't care. And watching it again today, um, against oh, my own God, will. Worse. What What struck me the most was not that it was a pass is that it was a play action toss sweep pass. The toss sweep would have been a bad call there too. Right. So like, it wasn't like you were, it'd be one thing if you ran one of those like jump passes where like TJ Finley gets the ball and fakes like he's going to run because that would have been a good call on fourth and one. Right. And then you hit him over the top. You ran a play. You shouldn't have run on fourth and one 
as a fake to run another I mean, play you shouldn't have run a fourth and one so so the only thing that i can think of that possibly justifies that you don't have is to that, you, that that you just have zero faith in your offensive line to be able to like even allow tj finley to lay across the line i mean i i, I really did that on another point in the game later he was running for six seven yards of carry he did it the next like time he had one they lined I mean, up just, just think about it this wasn't the this wasn't later in the game where oh the offense is totally stalled out this was the right. drive after the two touchdowns right. and this also wasn't were working. the thing that used to piss people off for no reason about gus where it'd be fourth and one and you line up in the shotgun they lined up in the eye in an eye formation like it was 1993 and still threw it <laughs> out of an eye formation I, yeah back back to what you were talking about with that that balance of how it was 33 to 32 it just, runs it's balanced for the sake of balance it makes no sense but I, I i don't i don't mind that they did that it's that tank i think touched the ball four times in the second half like give it to the guy that's destroying them please if if you're going to try to keep it balanced like what do you, i don't understand i don't understand anything that happened after the first two touchdown drives Saturday. this entire season it's it has felt like the offense has been afraid to do the things that everybody knows works because maybe they're afraid of getting them hurt or afraid of being predictable or whatever right you know it's, it's hey why not why not let Bo run a little bit why not hand the ball off the tank more why not you know feed Kobe Hudson when he's having a big day it, it, it's I don't know. It's so frustrating. But and, uh, and why? Why when you haven't been able to move the ball basically the whole second half? There's three minutes left and change, and they stop you, and it's what fourth and fourth and five, I think five. Yeah. All right. Why are you punting? I know. I know. We ended up stop. I know we ended up stopping them, but we no, stopped I them. Agree with you, Chief. That's a stupid two, call. We I was mad when it happened. Left. Then, yeah, I was I was really mad. Um, but, uh, you, uh, we did end up stopping them. I get it. Okay, it makes them look like geniuses, except that you know we didn't get the call on the punt. For bad things happen on special teams, right? Regardless of the call, bad things happen on special teams all season, Robert. Well, and it's not like they had just like moved the ball at will the whole game. They only scored what seventeen points. Twenty-one. Yeah. Twenty-one. Okay. Uh, so like, just get your defense back out there and tell them to nut We up. scored seventeen. Like, we right, scored seventeen points in an American football game in the year of our Lord two thousand twenty-one, and, and only attempted to score twenty. Yeah, because <laughs> we missed a field goal. And that's the only other attempt we a made. Field goal, uh, that's the other thing. A field goal inside the ten-yard line. Down four in the fourth quarter. Here's the problem with that field goal. And now this is the issue with that field goal. But you have a hurt kicker. Because I watched it I watched it again today. And the snap was low to Finley on second down. If that snap's not low, they're running a play to tank on second and, and six. Yeah. Let's pretend he gets two yards, three yards. He was averaging seven a carry. Let's pretend yeah. he gets three yards. Now you're on third and four from the four. 
they're probably not throwing the ridiculous pass play they ran on third and goal from the 12. And then you're not kicking the stupid field goal. The field goal happened because the bad snap happened on second down. And then they called a pass. They had they had to throw a pass on third down because it was third and goal from the 12. Then, Well, if you go into that knowing it's four down territory, you don't have to throw a pass on third down. But I guess. if you're afraid, if you if you know you're going to kick the ball, then yeah, you do. Except so, that so, they threw it le- they threw it short of the of the end zone on third and goal from the twelve. Not the first time this happened. This was, uh, so this game. I think they thought it was four down territory. They just thought I don't want to run it on third and goal from the twelve and get two yards, and now it's fourth and goal from the ten. They were like, I'd rather have fourth and goal from the five. It was I, so it was I, a mess. I, I don't. I do not want to absolve our head coach of uh, of blame here because the, that fourth down, all of these fourth down plays had to have gone through him. I, if they're not, what kind of pro? Like, what are you doing, dude? Like, like that they should especially go an offensive coordinator. Yes, he's an offensive so, coordinator. So I don't want to absolve him of, of any guilt. Um, and here. he's like a super aggressive offensive coordinator. Yes. Uh, what I I think we should all realize and i think we all should have known coming into this is this is why every other school that mike bobo has been at they hated his guts yeah is because he just does inexplicable things he he can he can do great things like score 28 points in however many minutes against mississippi state the uh, last week or yeah last week jeez he can, he can develop quarterbacks he can develop it. quarterbacks he can he can do all these things and then he does this crap where he forgets he has a running back running for seven yards per carry in a game. And I will I'll say right now we're we're probably gonna focus a little bit on coaching changes and all that nonsense. There's a lot of people who are like, you don't fire the head coach year one, and I'm one of those. You don't fire the head coach after year one. I mean, yeah, because it's uh, it's another twenty million dollar buyout. Right? Yeah, and there are a lot of people who think you don't even fire coordinators if you're one. And I'm not I mean, I one think of those hard. guys. I think it's hard to do that. I, I look at. I usually he, think you don't because continuity and coordinators. But here's let me important. give you an example. But so Dave Aranda, Dave Aranda last year goes to Baylor. Yeah. He thinks he hits the nail, hits it out of the park, and hires former North Carolina head coach. Larry Fedora. Larry Fedora as their offensive coordinator. It sucks. Their <laughs> offense last year was terrible. They fired Fedora in the offseason. He brings somebody else in. Their offense this year is great. And they're top. I believe that was Jeff Grimes. Is yeah. That they hired Jeff Grimes. I, and now they're a top think... 15 team in America with a chance to win their conference. You can fire bad offensive coordinators. After year one, just as long as you don't screw up replacing them. Future Texas or Auburn head coach Jeff Grimes. Hopefully Auburn. Hopefully tomorrow. <laughs> uh, I, so I, I, I agree with that. I think you can fire one. I think you can fire two. You can't fire and, both of them. That's true. And I think that may be the we may be in a situation where you do need to fire two. Um, I, I and I look. I'm not. I don't like I, to call for people's jobs at all like it's not something i do i just think that we're in a situation it's gonna be real toxic here next year if mm-hmm. uh we have the same results yeah um, it, it's gonna be real toxic you can, you can convince week. me to keep yeah you cannot you can Derek mason on the basis that it was a total system change 
he's committed to it, and another year, another offseason will help things. Will it? Because some of the bunch of these uh, guys that are actually good are going to leave. Yeah, yeah, I know. The problem is you can't convince <laughs> me that you man. can't convince me that the last regime wouldn't be better than six and six this year. Uh, no, they wouldn't. They wouldn't. I don't know, man. Gus never went six and six. They he would have. Yes, he did. What are you talking about? Yeah, he did. And he, oh, man. he he it it would have. We wouldn't have won at LSU. I don't think we would have beaten. Arkansas. I don't think we would have beaten Ole Miss. I think we would have beaten Penn State. I think we would have beaten Mississippi State and South Carolina, though. That's the problem. Hell yeah, maybe. I don't. I don't know that we would have beaten South Carolina. Dude. Well, we would have. I, I think we beat South he Carolina. Lost but him I, last year. I think we would have beaten South Carolina, but I think Tank would not have been able to make the plane home. I think he would have been in a hospital. <laughs> like I legitimately think that his legs would have fallen off. <laughs> I'm frustrated because it feels like all of the you know short of. Three and nine, 2012 disaster, right? Yeah. All of the bad losses that we've, you know, withstood over the last decade or so, have happened this year. Yeah. Or, or bad moments, I guess. Like, like, oh, we, we almost we almost lost at home to a, a mid mid level G five team. Lose, yeah, yeah, that's pretty bad. Was Losing to Tennessee at home Losing is South Carolina on the road. That's a terrible team. I think yeah, our venerated just, colleague Josh Dub said that the loss to Georgia State statistically would have been the worst loss in the history of Auburn University. Oh, yeah, it would have been. Uh, so, I, I mean, still think – You lose that game and you're 5-7. I still think Tennessee uh, – losing to Tennessee – that Tennessee team at home is way worse than either one of these two This losses. South Carolina team started a GA at quarterback this season. Losing he was, to them yeah, he was is – above the guy that played against us. Yeah. Yeah. Losing to them might be worse than – Anything we've ever done. Uh, I think the South still, Carolina team that no longer has a top ten draft pick in their secondary as well. I still think last year's loss is is worse. Just I don't know, man. No, last year's loss was worse because Bo dropped back sixty times and we were yes. all. Yes. Yeah. I, um, I I I don't I don't think these two but, losses are the worst losses in per, like I, I just don't. I'm we lost to a top twenty five Mississippi State back, team. Back that's not that big of a deal. Yeah, and, and I I. Despite his four, we're beating twenty-eight to three. I know, <laughs> I know. I know. I, I that part stinks. The last four weeks, we have twelve second-half points. I know. Total. That's really bad. That is bad coaching. That that is that tells me that this roster is good enough to beat most of the teams they play because they've been beating most of the teams they play, and the coaching staff can't adjust in the second half to keep the pressure on. Well, that that's the frustrating thing about this team uh, and about the. This what? coaching staff, I think individually, almost everybody on this team is better than they were last year. I will they also say, short of the wide receiver, uh, maybe I yeah. don't know because you, you lost Elasto and Anthony Schwartz. And stuff well, like. no, I'm just saying the guys on the team have improved. Yeah, I would the say year. these guys are better than they were last year for as, sure. As the team has gotten sure. worse, I will also say Ryan, and maybe I don't know enough football in basketball. You see this all the time where a team gets out to an early lead and then the other team is able to come back and win. And usually it's because the team that got out to an early lead doesn't have the depth. Yeah. Depth is usually the key indicator of blowing leads. Now, But I don't feel in, like we're losing games because we can't keep our stars on the field. Oh, yeah. We're in not, this that, case, that, we're more talented than both South Carolina and Mississippi 60, State. 60 something plays. Yes, right. Yeah. It's not like this was a 90 play. I, I don't. We are missing out a lot. Defensively, we're missing out on 
Like, Mappa. how many games have we played where our best eleven defensive defensive player on the field at the same time? There's three, I think. Yeah, three games. Yeah, that's pretty rough. Legitimately, our we have best, not had our best defensive performances. <laughs> we have not had our best eleven you players. Should be on the able field. to score more than twenty-one points. Oh yeah, oh, offensively, that's, that's... it's a disaster. Offensively, this is one of the worst Auburn seasons since '08. This is horrible. Really bad. And I'd like to see what it our... doesn't look like it over the like over the whole game. There's flashes of like, yeah, this team should be putting up 35 a game. Yeah, Bo Nix looks... on your two first three drives this week. You had your first four drives against Mississippi State. You put up what 28 first half points against Ole Miss. Bo Nix looks reliable. Like, I mean, yeah. you know, people used to get so so mad at Gus for taking his foot off the gas, and they get mad at Tommy Tuber for, for taking his foot off the gas. This team just scores two touchdowns, and they're like, "All right, we're good." Yeah, this team turns the car off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Jose Mourinho, head coach, coasting. All right, <laughs> let's take a break, and then I'm done talking football, maybe for the year. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back. 20 minutes, 30 seconds in. Let's talk basketball. Basketball is my favorite sport. Hey, we're just going to cruise our past the Iron Bowl. That's what we're doing. You're not talking uh, about it, Ryan. I just said that. I just wanted to make sure. Let me Happy give, Thanksgiving, everybody. Uh, you know, enjoy a tailgate. Let me give two, two, my two, uh, two-sentence uh, est- uh, evaluation yeah. of the Iron Bowl. Uh, we have, uh, we have a, enough talent to give this Alabama team problems, we will get blown out more than likely. Give your shout outs, Chief. They're going to try very hard because they need they act, actually need a quality win here. Like play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Chief, give okay. your shout outs from your oh, trip yeah. to Columbia. Yeah, uh, anybody that's listening to this. The upside down cockroach that is Columbia's football stadium. Uh, I, I, I would like to shout out all the couple of people that said that they had heard of our podcast when I gave them a... Uh, uh, a koozie, and they're like, "Oh, you're one of the guys on there." I was like, uh, "Yeah, I had, they may have just been being nice, but sorry, that was not yeah, an accurate per- portrayal of your voice if you are listening." Uh, but yeah, um, uh, a couple of people said they had heard of the pod when I gave them a koozie. Um, uh, Jack, can you make the title of this podcast? A couple of people have heard of us! Exclamation point. There we go. Uh, and I also enjoyed my trip to South Carolina. Um, I, I don't know what Ferg's talking about, about it being a, a bad trip. It, the, the food was good. Uh, the, the people I hung out with were good, although it was just all Auburn people. That did I you knew, eat at so. a wing stop? I did on the way home. Okay. Uh, the food uh, was West, good. I had a wing stop. <laughs> West Columbia uh, had wing stop. No, we had Bojangles for breakfast day of. Now we're talking. Delish. And uh, ate at a couple different places down there. Went to a beer garden. Uh, who it was basically a it was it used to be a flying saucer, yeah. Uh, and they had a DJ in there, just a old guy reminding me of uh, uh, DJ Oz, Sands the Jinko Jeans. Now we're talking. Uh, he was good. 
it was basically a private party for us. It was fun. Um, and they were loud. I, I did think that they have a great atmosphere there. I know everybody thinks the towels are stupid and I kind of do too, but it, it, it is, it makes for a great atmosphere. So, all right, let's Auburn beat USF. The South Florida Bulls, 58-52, was it a scoregami for Auburn? Nice. Um, Auburn came back. This is a comeback victory. But for some reason, a comeback victory that at no point, and this is weird for basketball, because usually in, when Auburn basketball is losing at the half, in the past even, I've been like, man, I don't know if we got this one. <laughs> we're going to lose this game, especially when we're shooting as poorly as we shot the first half of this Boy, game. we could not hit a shot. But for whatever reason, I was, I was like, yeah, we're gonna win this game. Like it was at no point did I have any like, was, I didn't doubt it at all. We and we scored twenty six first half points for Pete's sake. Yeah, it was ugly. And yet I was like, yeah, we're gonna win this game. Doesn't matter to me. Um, shout out to Katie Johnson, who is he's our MVP right now. I mean, we all thought we got KD on our team, Kevin Durant. And yeah. Jabari Smith. It turns out we might have like Russell Westbrook on our team and Katie Johnson. He is at one point against South Florida, my brother and he I watched the game. He decided, Well, here's what I'm gonna do. You're not gonna get the ball across half court, and then I'm gonna score. And like <laughs> like two straight trips, he forced a turnover and then he scored a basket on the other end. It was unbelievable. He uh This guy is he was a, he's a one man full court press. This guy's a perfect Bruce Pearl player, aside from height, I think. And I, it's a shock. That, that makes shocking. him more of a perfect Bruce Pearl player. It's, it's true. It's, it's shocking that we didn't get him in the first place. He's like Javon. <laughs> he's like Javon McCormick, but like a blue chip Javon McCormick. The only thing I mean, that would make Katie Johnson better is if like no one had ever heard of him. He transferred here from like some NAIA Christian school in Utah, and no one had ever heard yeah, of him yeah. before. Like, like I. He's he's like a pit bull, man. Like he legitimately that, is. That, that that's Dale. that's how I describe him. Just just start calling him Mr. Worldwide. Mr. Worldwide. Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> uh, he's just. Uh, I love him. I love him to death. He, I, talk, I he talks know. that game too. All right. Yeah, so does. in advanced statistics, Ryan, I love that you put this in here in the show notes. There is something called the Wonderful. four factors. The four factors you've got uh, effective field goal percentage, which is like. Regular field goal percentage, except that it weigh, it's weighted for the fact that three-pointers are worth more than two-pointers. Uh, that's one of the four factors. The other one's free throw attempts per field goal attempt. So it doesn't matter how many times you're shooting field goals. Are you getting to the line that often is uh, is really important because the most efficient shot on the basketball court is a 15-foot shot with nobody guarding you. Um Offensive rebound percentage is the third factor, which is what percentage of offensive rebounds are you getting? Your average is going to be around mid 30%. So if you miss a shot, that's fine. Are you getting at least 30% of your misses back? And then turnover rate. So how many of your possessions end in a turnover by percentage? So in the four factors, um, Auburn narrowly lost in effective field goal percentage. Uh, 38% to 40%. Yet one, which is kind of, that's kind of amazing because you got a guy like Jabari Smith is a EFG dream. Katie Johnson as well is an EFG dream. He, that stat loves those guys. Um, 
free throw tips for field goal tips, aka the Austin Wiley statistic. Auburn won that one, 0.26 to to 0.17. So over a quarter of Auburn shots, which is a pretty big deal in a six-point game, um, for over a quarter of Auburn's attempts ended in a free throw attempt, basically. So Auburn took six more free throws then. The Bulls, uh, Auburn got 40% of its offensive rebounds as opposed to 34% to South Florida. That's amazing when you're not shooting very well to be able to say, well, we're going to get four out of every 10 of our misses. Yeah. Um, and, and that tracks of like, you know, you, you yeah. ask why, oh, why is it just offensive rebounding percentage? If you look at both teams' offensive rebounding, the inverse is your defensive rounding. And what, right. well, the amazing thing about this is that if you watch an NBA game now, especially, nobody gives a rip about offensive rebounds in the NBA anymore. <laughs> like they do not care. Legitimately, once the guy shoots, five guys run back. Um, nobody tries to get a rebound. It's, that's, part uh, of that is you just have better shooters. Better so shooters, exactly. There's less chances for off of the rebound. And that, the that chances reminds- of you getting beat in transition are real high. If somebody like Russell Westbrook, for instance, gets a defensive rebound, he is already at the other basket. That, that reminds me a little bit of how the, the game has is, is shifted uh, over the last 10 years, basically, and now it's pretty much fully there. Uh, on free throws, mm-hmm. like nobody, you don't put your big guys down. Exactly, you put your big guys back on defense, and you just you don't because you're not worried about you put, it. Cause, you put an athletic three there now. Because one guy should be able to shoot free throws and hit them. Uh, two, on the off chance they miss them, the the guy down low is going to get it ninety uh, percent of the time, right. no matter what. You, unless it's a bad bounce, and then it's going out even further. So it's it it, it and just, if it's a bad bounce and it goes out further, and the point guard gets it. And you don't have a big guy back. Right. It's two points the other way before yep. you can blink. Yep. So that that it's just the way uh, the game has changed now, and it's it's trickled down to the co- to college side of things, and, that, and <laughs> offensive rebounds may at some point. Uh, but only if you start have... seeing guys like Steph Steph Curry right now. By the way, is shooting over fifty percent from three. That's, so that's... <laughs> you start seeing guys making. More than one out of every two of the three pointers at the college level, yeah. you might see that. Happen. Yeah, I, you know, and I wonder if that just like if you have a team where a guy shoots like 40, 40, 45 percent, then that team just doesn't even bother trying to get the you know yeah. going for the. Um, so it's better just to try to get the ball back. So. Auburn turned the ball over twenty two percent of its possessions, um, which is why this was a six point game, yeah. as opposed to South Florida. Hulling turned it over 17% of their possessions. And I would imagine most of those turnovers for South Florida were in the second half because it was. Yeah, they were. Auburn ramped up the defense in the second half. And most of those for Auburn were in the first half as well. I think it was. Yeah. They've had 10 turnovers in the first half. Yeah. Uh, when they yeah, were averaging really bad. Games. Auburn had a post game win expectancy of only 43%, which yeah. I find that so, to be so fascinating. You can, you can find different numbers, different places. Yeah. But this is. Just something I kind of worked up last year uh, with these four factors. You know, you just kind of see how often teams with uh, a performance in those four stats uh, at different levels would win a game. And a team performing at the way Auburn did in those four factors would only win about 43% of the time. Um, so, got a little bit lucky in that one. And it's, there's four factors, but. Uh, you know, scoring is how you win. So effective field goal percentage is weighted a lot more heavily yeah. uh, than the other three. Um, and losing that one makes it tough to kind of overcome. This is like the old, I don't know, the, the original Uncle Drew commercials. 
where Bill Russell tells Uncle Drew, this game, listen, young blood, this game has been and always will be about getting buckets. And I think that the four factors correctly take that into account. This game is about one thing, and that's getting buckets. Can you put the ball in the basket? Um, and I think Auburn did not do that at all in the first half, and hence they, they lost exactly. some of those. Um, your game MVP has to be – well, you've got actually Zepp Jasper as your Zep game Jasper MVP. Here, and some of that is his efficiency. Uh, yeah. Auburn was getting nothing from their guards – Really? Well, not the guards from Wendell Green, who was scoreless in this game. Uh, Zep played a lot of good minutes, uh, 13 points on 4-7 shooting, two rebounds, two assists, steal. Um, and that's not even quantifying his defense either, which was fantastic uh, playing the press. Uh, so, yeah, he actually, in adjusted game score, he came out as the MVP. Nice. Didn't, uh, didn't Devin have a sneaky plus 29? Uh, yeah, he was. Uh, he was plus twenty four <laughs> at least. That's incredible. Because he he did not have a particularly good game. Well, he was uh, good on defense, and I think that's what yeah, it was. Yeah, right, right. He it was part of that like second half run where Auburn went like on a fifteen zero run. Um, and it was yeah, that lineup for that was Katie Johnson, Zep, Devin, and Zepp. Zepp, Katie, Devin, um, Jalen, Jalen, and Cardwell. Yeah. Jabari was wasn't on the court. Okay. Yeah. Which is odd. Like Jabari and Kessler, who you would think are your two best uh, defensive bigs, weren't on the court because we were running this like uh, diamond press. It was it was a it was a um, a Gagan press to use a soccer <laughs> term. Um, what that means, Ryan, a Gagan press is a soccer term, which basically means again press. Um. So when you lose the ball on your opponent's end of the court, so let's say I have the ball and I'm trying to score a goal against you and I and you steal it, instead of getting back on defense, we immediately press again because the ball's closer to your goal. It would yeah. be much easier for us to now score a goal if we were to get the ball away from you. This is gigging press. This is what happened, basically. It was a full court press that wasn't necessarily after missed baskets. It was just all the time. If I missed a shot, we were pressing on missed shots, which which is wild. Usually yeah, on a missed it, shot, you get back. It was it was a. Uh, we've always talked about Bruce like loving to run, and we just haven't right. had the defensive guards to do it. We haven't had the uh, number of bodies to do it. Right. Yeah. You can't sure. you can't do that with seven guys. It's got to be right. ten. We played. We played. Yeah, what's his name? What's his name? He had thousands. Yeah. Yeah. He had four fouls for a lot of the second half. We played Chandler Leopard big minutes in this game. Uh, Leo Berman. Yeah, Leo Berman. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Leo. No, but yeah, no, you're right, though. Leo played great. He played 10 minutes in this game. He played more than Cardwell and Chris Moore, actually. Yeah. Uh, and that was because of the foul trouble with, with KD. Yeah. He, play, he played uh, he a had, ton. Leo had, Leo had three offensive rebounds and was he was getting in there scrapping with guys. Yeah. Was He's not uh, a guy that you want to have to lean on, especially come conference play, but it's a good right. guy to have as your 11th, 12th guy on the bench. He's not the most fluid guy on offense. And I, uh, that's, he's a walk. He's a walk. It's well, I, I think it has more to do with, he just doesn't get a lot of run with the first 10, first nine other guys. And, and so it, it comes off a little awkward. Like you'll, you'll see the way guys pass to him and, uh, it's a product of them not knowing what he's going to do exactly. And him not exactly right. know what they're going to do. Yeah. 
Well, then that problem is kind of throughout the whole roster still, and it's just because these guys still don't have that many games together. They don't have, yeah, they don't have any practice minutes. They don't have anything together. And so, yeah, it, that's just going to gel them more. And, and, and the thing that away tournaments like this, like we're about to go into, are huge yeah. for that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that. Like, well, <laughs> one second. I want to actually talk about how um, Wendell Green and Katie Johnson are just destroying in usage percentage. <laughs> so usage oh, yeah. percentage is like possession. Usage percentage, which if you might imagine, is the Sharif Cooper statistic. Um, how many? Pos- what percentage of possessions a player is responsible for ending? Do you end it with a turnover? Do you end it with a point? Do you end it with a missed shot, a made shot, whatever? Yeah, assists count into it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, kind a, of. Not a full credit, but you get some credit for it. Right. So your average usage rate is twenty percent. These guys are above above twenty percent. Sharif was like, Sharif was the highest. Sharif usage, was in the mid thirties. Yeah, he was the highest usage percentage guy we've had at Auburn under Bruce by a considerable margin. Um, he was. You really don't even want someone. With that high of a usage, unless it is, I don't know, unless you're the Oklahoma State Thunder and you have Russell Westbrook, that his usage would be in the 30s yes, every year, yeah. right? Um, if you got a guy who can get you triple double every single game, yes. But if you don't, it usually means you got a guy who thinks or is the only option. But these two guys, if you had told me before the year, oh yeah, Wendell Green and Katie Johnson are going to be. The, Leading team usage of say, well, we should probably make it Jabari Smith. Um, <laughs> he's close. He's at twenty five percent. Wendell and Katie are twenty seven. Because uh, he's the best the player on the three team. Three guys are twenty percent right now. So, and it, what's wild is he is the best player on the team. And from probably four games into the year, three games into the year, it's fairly obvious to everyone, right? Like it's not like I'm making this up. It's fairly obvious to any. Oh so, yeah, and it's, it's it's not even like seeing Isaac Okoro or seeing Chumo Kiki is like, oh man. This guy's better, but he just he's gotta get the confidence. Like, no, like we we all already know he is yeah. already the best player. Sure. He passes it's the not like he's going to get there. He already is. What was it? I think it was Mark Richt. He had the wife test. If he had a recruit that he wasn't sure on, he would take his wife to the game, to a high school game. <laughs> and if his wife couldn't figure out which kid he was there to see, he wouldn't offer the kid. That seems very Mark Rickby. So, yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. <laughs> Jabari Smith passes that test. You take somebody no clue what's going on, and you said, who's the best player on the court? They'd pick out Jabari Smith pretty quick. Yeah, he is. I, I, he, he is our best player, and Katie Johnson is our MVP currently yeah. this season, I think. Uh, I mean, and, and Jabari didn't play great in this game. He hit two big threes, but, like, yeah. only shot 20% from two. Uh, and he still had nine points and ten rebounds. You yeah. make a good point here in the show notes, Ryan. Kessler and Carville need to. We need more out of them offensively. Yeah, yeah. I had. Um, we I, I was riding out of the them. car uh, in Atlanta traffic while this game was going on, and uh, at, well, not just that, and then in construction and and just past Augusta, and um, so I was a little stressed out anyway. And I had some unkind words for Walker Kessler in this game. Because um, we got to have more out of him. Um, and he's doing great on defense, but we just need more yeah, points. He, yeah, he's just he's got to just need to be more aggressive. And I I kind of see why maybe he didn't get uh, any run at UNC last year. He, his because I think his first instinct is to get out there around the three point line. He's freaking seven one or whatever. Like, dude. 
Get in there and bang, man. He needs to make more threes. If he's going to shoot as many threes as he's as he's taking, he needs to make a little bit more of he them. He hasn't made he's any. Over one this one, I will say. You know. um, <laughs> he hasn't made any yet. That's that's yeah. the the biggest issue. And neither has anybody else. Auburn is currently, according to the show notes, the 249th best team at shooting threes in America. Um, as opposed to UConn, who we play this week, who is the 42nd best team in America at shooting three pointers. So this is not a classic Ryan. Tell us how they can't shoot threes. I can tell you that they don't shoot threes. They don't yeah, shoot no. many, but they shoot them well when they do. They're, they're 301st in three point attempt uh, rate. So they don't they don't like to shoot threes, but they will. Or, but they is, are good. Who is their coach? That's not Kevin Ollie. Uh, what was their old coach's name? UConn? Yeah. Danny Cavanaugh. The guy who Come said... Jim yeah, Jim Calhoun. Jim Calhoun. Yeah, Calhoun. Not JC. one cent back, Jim Calhoun. Do you remember this, yeah. Ryan? Dan Hurley is... I, I, I know who Dan Calhoun is. I don't know much. No, else. Jim Calhoun. Jim yeah. Calhoun famously was the highest paid person in Connecticut. At public schools, obviously. Right. He, was, he was the highest paid public employee of the like, state of Connecticut. And he... It's a very small state. Right. A, <laughs> and in like 2008, the financial crisis hit. And they were like asking professors to take pay cuts at UConn or something like this. And a reporter asked Jim Calhoun if he felt bad. Or will he, would he give any salary to help other people through this hard time. And Jim Calhoun was just like, not one cent. <laughs> he like, was like defiant. Like, no, I'm not giving a dime back. <laughs> anyway, that's UConn basketball. And he had the most like thick Connecticut accent. Jim Calhoun was oh, yeah. the most he, UConn. He was C- Connecticut personified. Yeah. Guy. Not that they're all a-holes. <laughs> not one cent back. You can look those up right later. It's, it's a hilarious YouTube video. Dan Hurley, you said. Dan there. Hurley? Okay. Um, lost? Yeah. This is going to be a... Not Bobby Hurley. No. The, actual, the other basketball player. This is going to be a really good game, unfortunately. I would like to blow everybody out by 100, but I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. These, these look like um, some evenly matched teams. Yeah, this is going to be a... I mean... Just look at how they're both ranked. Uh, Auburn moved up to what, 18th? And. Yeah, and UConn's, I believe, 23rd right now in the people. Yes. Yeah, UConn's so, actually slightly favored in Ken Palm. Ken Palm. It's, yeah. But it's, it's, it's a, a toss up. It's like a one point uh, yeah. game. The fascinating thing uh, is that UConn's a high paced team. So this game, I think, of, I think Auburn. You don't see this very often. They're a high paced offense, but they want long defensive possessions. Right. But I think that they're not going to get them because I think that Auburn's a hype likes to run, or will let you let will love to let us run. We're, we're also pretty terrible in the half court, so uh, yeah, we're not a good half court. <laughs> thus team. far, uh, so I, 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 this could be on. this could be an NBA All Star game up and down game, which means Jabari might have forty five. Like this could be one yeah, of those. This could be a breakout. We might lose, and he has forty five points and ten rebounds or something like that. This is a this is a good matchup for Jabari. Uh, it's weird. UConn is a taller team than Auburn by, you know, on average, about a full inch, um, but it's not in the front court. Uh, UConn's got a couple of centers that are six nine. Uh, 
They're nice. Four, I think it's six, eight. Um, so Jabari, even playing the four, is going to be bigger than anybody else out there for UConn. Um, hopefully that gets them some looks at the rim. Um, and, you know, rack up his rebounds again. Uh, and they'll, they'll also have, have to contend with either Kessler or Cardwell down there. It's really important they have a big game in this one. Because um, the, the height advantage we have in the front court, we definitely don't have in the back court. Um, Going to make life hard shooting for Wendell and, and Katie and uh, those guys. Huh. All right. Well, this is, and then we play. If we let's say we lose to UConn or beat UConn, I'd love to beat them. We play the winner or loser of Michigan State Loyola. This is Loyola Marymount, right? Yeah, I believe right. Chicago, Chicago. Chicago. Okay. The, 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 yeah, the, one, the good uh, one. The good one. Sister Jean. Yeah, yeah. Not Loyola wanna Marymount. Show, the one that. Show, wonder if they're uh, flying her down to the Bahamas, giving her a Atlantis trip. Uh, better than being in Chicago this week. These are both yeah. likely tournament teams because they seem to make it every single year. You'd be interested by Michigan. Oh. When has Auburn it played? Is. When was the last time Auburn played Michigan State? Um, I, give me five I seconds and I can. Oh. Been a long I time. Know. I don't know if they have. It's possible that they've never played. Oh, I don't remember ever playing Tom Izzo. Yeah. I remember seeing him abuse or scream at some it's kid. It's possible it's happened, you know, in the depths of the past. But, uh, I mean, it, we probably haven't played Loyola Chicago either. So, Sweet Sister Jean. Two brand new matchups, possibly. The other we side of the bracket. Michigan State once in 1989 okay. in a regular season. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, we lost that game seventy nine to ninety two. Oh, wow! This is a, this is this is a revenge game. I don't know which one. Well, Marymount was the good one in the nineties, and then Chicago's the good one now. Yeah, I don't know about one in the sixties though. Wow. Here's anyway. the deal, Ryan. There was a guy named Ignatius, and he was from a city called Loyola, which is in Spain. And Ignatius was an amazing person. So good. They called him St. Ignatius and he founded an order of people called the Jesuits and the Jesuits decided we are just going to make some schools and they have made so many schools and they named their schools after Loyola, the city that St. Ignatius is from. That's why there's a million Loyolas. Is is it Spring Hill? That's a Jesuit school in Mobile. Probably man. If it's a school and it's Catholic, there's a really good chance it's Jesuit. And I'm sure listener, uh, can can tell us anyway uh so we play either those two and then what are the other uh what are the other balls in the uh the other side of the bracket spinner? go for it right yeah, syracuse vcu baylor and arizona state we could play any one of those teams on friday i talked uh, to my baylor contact today jamie who was on the show like a couple weeks ago he and i met this afternoon jamie really likes their team this year but uh doesn't think they're as good as they were last okay. year I, uh, They're I not as we, good as the best team in the country. I guess we good? should have had you crunch the numbers here via Ken Palm, Ryan, to tell us who the favorites are. So Baylor's, I know Baylor's the favorite because they're a, a top 10 Ken Palm team. And they're the returning uh, national champions. Yeah. Right. And outside of that, 
VCU is the only team outside the top 100 in Ken Palm. They're okay. 119th, I think. All right. Everybody else is kind of in that 30 to 60 range, 20 to 60 range. So, I mean, it, this is going to be a very competitive tournament. Um, VCU, <laughs> shout out to Bryn and Adam. Are they listeners? Or? Uh, I, maybe. Yeah. Bryn, uh, definitely VCU, not. Adam, uh, probably. Uh, Original home of Sumir Dowdy, right? That's right. Uh, that's correct. And also, uh, uh, Will Wade. Oh, yeah. That's and Chaka right. Smart. Shout out to Chaka Smart. Wade and his khakis. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I mean, regardless of what games you win or lose this week, uh, this is definitely a resume builder. For, it's more yeah, about having yeah. fun anyway. Yeah. I mean, fun you, in the sun, baby. you obviously don't want to go over, but, you know. Even winning one doesn't hurt you. And the rest well, of the you win two, which really good. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, it's it's really just good practice for tournament time. Here's the thing: this is the first. This will be a chance for Jabari Smith to be on a national television spotlight uh, against big time teams like UConn, Michigan State. And if Bruce is smart, which I think he is, he is telling Jabari Smith, "This is your chance to make some big money." In the future, go right kill now. these people. Go kill these people. You're the best player on the court. Jabari Smith will be the best player on the court in every court he plays this season, most likely, unless we play Gonzaga at some point or Duke. Um, they're even if we play Duke. Yeah, I mean Duke's got a really good guy. I like that. I like, like Paulo a lot, but I don't. I don't know. Uh, no. Yeah, we'll leave it there. Okay, I I think Jabari's better. <laughs> um, but I think, yeah, Chet Holmgren's unbelievable at Gonzaga. So that's a whole different oh, deal. We're on that like, uh, NBA potential thread, though. Uh, did you guys see, I think it was earlier this week, where there was, uh, somebody put together a composite of, like, best bang for your buck if you're an NBA scout, who to go watch, which team. And Auburn was number three on that list. Yeah, I yeah, saw I, that. I, I saw that. saw that. I, and the, that was basically insane. A, it's a composite it's like, of, like, of, like, basically everybody at Auburn's team will play professional basketball somewhere maybe not in the yeah. nba but maybe in europe or philippines or something right and they like it, it's an insane list when you look at it because it's like gonzaga duke auburn yeah. ucla like it, it's like weird it's but it helps when you have a guy who might be the top five pick in the draft sure uh, i'm sure he average. raises the average <laughs> draft as well. but i mean that's I'm probably taking, yeah that's probably taking allen into, into account um it's taking walker kessler into account Almost everyone, it's a consensus that Auburn has three NBA draft picks this year. Right? Like, everyone thinks Walker in the second, Allen and Allen borderline first, second, and then Jabari in the first. And so. Yeah, I mean, if they all go, they would all be drafted. drafted. I don't know. After this past draft, I don't want to. It's tough, man. It's really tough because there's only 60 spots. And we say this all the time there's only 60 guys who get drafted in the NBA. A lot of guys play or get on summer league even rosters. At the, even at the top end, it's like, you know, we didn't expect Chuma to be a mid-first-round pick, and he was. Right. And we didn't quite think Isaac was going to be a number five pick. I did not think that was that. happening. I thought maybe ninth pick in the draft for Isaac. I did not right. expect so, fifth. I, even more so than in the NBA or in the NFL, uh, I have no idea what draft day looks like. It just takes one team. But similar to the NFL, it literally just takes one team. There could also be some guy from Europe that like 
comes out of nowhere and everybody wants him in this draft too. Luckily for Jabari, there are no Olympics or world championships between now and the draft. So nobody's going to go ball out, which is what happened in like Luca's case um, between now and the draft. But anyway, uh, we got three games, three days, right? Yeah. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. This is the fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, So Um, I I, I still. uh, And these games are on big ESPN. Am I wrong? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, the first one, uh, that um, UConn game is a 130 Central game. So if you're still working Wednesday, make uh, make time. Sneak this on. Nobody else at the office. Just, Everybody you know. in my office took off this week, so I guess I'm yeah. taking off too. No, that's so. the move, Chief. The move is to not take those days off. Well, find out if every, find out if everybody else is, and you just couch those PTO days. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to work Wednesday morning, and then I'll you know I'll be available for emails that no one else is going to be sending. So it's fine. That's the move. You don't you save those PTO days for when you need to be gone, gone. Yeah. All right, guys. Good app. I think solid episode. One of our betters. Very sportsy. Yeah. What uh, What are you guys looking forward to most to eat on Thursday? Or whenever you're doing your... Uh... I like dark meat. Thank- I like dark meat turkey. Thank you for asking, Chief. And I like pie. And I like... Uh, big, big pie guy myself. A couple of years ago, we started this thing where my mom bought a bunch of like pickled stuff. So like pickled okras, pickles, uh, olives... And that was my favorite. You just snack on it like, oh, yeah. all day? Snack on it and then like, have it on my plate. Get a really salty bite with some okay. of the more savory stuff. Yeah, I'm kind of going in blind this year. Uh, I'm not going up to Atlanta, but I've got a, a friend of mine who's doing Thanksgiving. Uh, invited me over. And I am no idea how that's going to go. It's oh. usually, it's, I've eaten in this house before. It's usually pretty good. But, oh, know, I, always a little different. I would have invited you over to... Uh, Ours, if uh, it's fine. We're, we're eating dinner Friday. We'll be that's right. true. That's, that's true. true. I, I am. I always this time of year look forward. I backstory. I used to Thanksgiving was like one of my least favorite holidays because uh, no one in my family can cook. Sorry if anyone uh, listening hears that, but it, it's true. Um, <laughs> onion is not the only thing to add flavor to food. Um, so. And then I met my wife and her mother's dressing. She makes a regular version, which is good, and a spicy version, which is usually only for her, but now it's for me and her. Uh, awesome. Uh, uh, and it is delicious. Uh, and she also makes a sweet potato souffle casserole, whatever you want to call it. It is the best thing that I have ever had for Thanksgiving. And I am super bummed anytime, the one or two times since I met my wife that I haven't been able to get it fresh on Thanksgiving day. So I am super pumped for both of those. Yeah. My wife's, my wife's a good cook and she makes this like incredible corn casserole. And then it turns to find out it's like the easiest recipe on earth. A lot of, a lot of things are. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, yeah, just don't screw it up. Keep I had making to make that. Some dre- I had to make some, uh, stuffing, stovetop stuffing for, uh, yeah. yeah, for the five, little, how'd it go? Little, for the five year olds. Those kids were tearing it up. The adults were like, "Man, this stuffing's good." Stressing. And I'm like, "I'm like, God, white people." Yeah, you were stressing on uh, how to make. It. 
I, because I was like, I've never eaten it. I've never eaten stovetop. Like, I'm like, what? I don't know what, do you, you just make it? Like, do you add stuff in it? So I just, I threw, only thing I did is I threw some extra, I did some Italian seasoning in there and, and used the chicken flavor uh, right. stovetop. And Sammy Coates' kid uh, was tearing it up, apparently. His, his mom was like, oh, you like that stuffing? I was like, yeah. I was like, wow. I I, I, I thought it tasted fine. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. So. Um, See, I, I here's the weird thing about, this is a weird, uh, my hottest take of Thanksgiving. Is if you live in a town that has a really good, nice hotel, that has a buffet, mm-hmm. you should just go do that. Like it's gonna be expensive. It's gonna be expensive, but like, you go, it's gonna be probably better than what you're making. Like here in town, there's the Omni, which is this super nice hotel in Dallas, and its buffet is a place called Texas Spice, and it is unreal how good their brunch is. And I just looked at their Thanksgiving menu, and I'm like, yeah, that's gonna be way better than what. (laughs) Like I don't care. Everybody, my family has we have good cooks in my family, but like. That's going to be better. And I'm not going to have to do any dishes. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, my, my granddad used to, uh, cater things if we did, yeah. uh, Thanksgiving with him, but you, we usually didn't do it on Thanksgiving. It'd be like, a, you know, day or two before day or two after or whatever. Um, uh, you used to just get some sort of catering. I, I guess you call uh, it catering. It's just listen to this, Ryan, for, if you're anti like, this, people. so they've got, your choice of an herb roasted tom turkey with giblet gravy and citrus cranberry sauce on top of it. Smoke. Red chili rub sirloin of beef. Or you could get a cranberry cabernet braised short ribs. Those last two options are right up my alley. I mean, <laughs> what are we doing? Why am I? Why, why aren't we doing this? <laughs> I, 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 I my, am of the opinion. My Thanksgiving hot take is. Uh, Sit-down meals are overrated. You, you should treat it like a tailgate because there's no way you're going to get all these different foods ready at the same time. And if you try and do a sit-down meal, then some stuff gets cold, and it's 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 not really practical. Yeah, that was always one of do my problems. Is you just you eat each dish as it's available, and then whenever the turkey's done at like three, four o'clock, just, yeah. <laughs> just a movable feast. Carve and eat. That is no- yeah. honestly that is what we normally do. You carve and eat your turkey. Right on, like as, as it comes off, as soon as it's cool enough to eat, you eat it then. I mean, that's that's what that's what Haley's family's always done yeah. when, when we've had turkey with them. Um, I, uh, I that was always football on. There's basketball on. Like that was one know. of my biggest problems with with Thanksgiving as a kid too. Is like half the dishes would, that weren't supposed to be cold would be cold, and it right. just it's just it was always See? just a you eat it you eat it at the rest, restaurant, Ryan. Everything comes out hot. That food sounded. Or you just eat it when it's ready. It's a professional. Who's doing this? You can eat all day, though. Yeah. You I want to say it's charcuterie board coming out as part of your salad course. Yeah. I mean, the, the devil chipotle chive deviled eggs. Well, that's that's not for me, but man, yeah. All right, that, uh, that chili rubbed sirloin, salad. bro. Why am I not doing that? Got me all hot and bothered. All right, guys. It's been wonderful. I hope everyone listening has a happy Thanksgiving. We will see you next week. Oh, nice. Have a war eagle weekend. <laughs> <laughs>